This episode is sponsored by PuttView Books. These are some of the best yardage books out there. So whether you're headed to your next tournament at a course you've never played at, or you're just looking to get a little more info at your home course that you play every day, you're going to want to check these out. There's two cool things you need to know. One is the green maps. These are some really detailed info on the greens that you're headed into. So you know the slopes before you even get there. And you can look at the pin position and kind of understand what's going on. I really like the kind of heat map almost look that you can see. Really clear, really simple very useful. The other thing I like is some of the info that you get off the tee. So with the yardages to carry and then some of the rollout info as well. Plus what does the ground look like in the fairway? Which way are things going to run off as well? So really good info on both those things. Clear, well-designed. Design is important to me and I like the design of these quite a bit. So you're going to check these out, puttviewbooks.com, over 30,000 courses worldwide. I bet they're going to have what you're looking for when you plug in that golf course. You're definitely going to check these out, puttviewbooks.com, so you're more prepared the next tournament you're headed into. We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey, thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. Just always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it. So sitting in with me here on the tour coach is James Ho. And one of the things I like to do on these podcasts is obviously I've, you know, talked to a bunch of different teachers and people I see on tour, but also to explore and, and get to know more people that as I go through stuff on social media, or I see people teaching that I find to be interesting and fascinating and people that I see doing a hell of a job. James, thanks so much for sitting in. You're certainly one of them. We've got some mutual acquaintances and I've, I've become a big follower of yours on, on social media. Love the stuff you're doing out there, especially with short game. I mean, I think you're going to be somebody everybody hears a whole bunch about them, so I'm looking forward to chatting. Great, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm honored. Well, tell me a little about your journey to becoming a teacher. I, that's what question I kind of always start with teachers and teachers oh, that are yeah. dealing with tour players. Because I don't think any of us start out teaching golf to work with tour players. You know, I mean, I think we start teaching golf because we love teaching. I know I did. I still like teaching juniors and developing players of all abilities. How did you get going down this road? Definitely. I played myself. I played on the web for over 10 years. I played on the PGA Tour. But, you know, I, I had a very rough patch in my playing career. You know, I needed money. I needed I, – and I wasn't good at anything. And I go, well, I can I can mentor some kids. I can mentor some kids and and – get them kind of going in the right direction. And I did a lot, started out doing a lot of playing lessons and a lot of mental stuff, not too technical. I mean, young kids, you know, you help them with their setup and their grip a little bit and say, hey, you see that ball, go chase it, hit it, and do it quickly. And I've always been big on that. And that's kind of how the journey started. And I realized by the time, you know, I've, I my last, I think, event that I ever played with is, is I played in, it was like 2010 or 12, I can't remember. But I've been teaching for about 15 years now. And that experience of having played personally kind of got 
you know, some better players, some ju- good juniors, mm-hmm. college players, and you work with them long enough, and they became tour players and went off to play on the PGA Tour. So that's that that's my that's my short story. Another question I like is, especially for folks that have played at a high level and played the tour, when you look back on your playing, what type of stuff do you take, like, especially the things that maybe – did you look back and you're like, oh, if I'd have known this when I played, maybe I would have played better or played longer. Uh, oh, gosh. Kind of things, what kind of things do you take from that and also help players? Because I see, like, obviously you got a bunch of good players. But I see on your Instagram and I, and, I, and from knowing folks, like, I mean, you shoot, I know when you're up there, I think it's in New York. I mean, you've got folks of all, you know, all abilities coming to help you. So how do you take that stuff and apply it, you know, the things maybe you wish you knew then that, to help golfers now? Absolutely. I mean, I've made so many mistakes and I realized it so much later in my teaching and playing career. I mean, I've had so many high level players that, you know, would, would kind of have a chat with me and they're, they're, you know, I remember Corey Paving saying, like I played, I, I grew up, I idolized him growing up and he had an incredible short game, still does. And we played a couple rounds together in Florida, like a Thursday, Friday round. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, okay, I, I barely know this guy, but what is he saying? He goes, hey, I, you know, I looked up, this was on Friday after Thursday. He says, I looked up your putting stats and, you know, you, you're like dead last. And I never thought of it that way. I just assumed that I was a good putter. And I've, I've always historically been a great putter. But I've, I've focused so much of my time in a year on other parts of my game that was, quote, unquote, bad that mm-hmm. I just let it deteriorate without me even knowing. Yeah. So I was searching so hard. I didn't have a steady coach. I didn't have a steady plan. I didn't, you know, all those little things that are really important, you know, I, I, I couldn't stick to it. And, you know, I had another guy. At the time, I was going to set out with Callaway, and I'd see, I'd see Phil Mickelson a lot. You know, he's like, hey, I asked him, I was like, do you have any advice for me? He's like, yeah. You know, you have to do what you do. Don't try to redevelop yourself as this new PGA tour player and this new young player. And you're going to be perfect. And you're going to hit the gym nine days a week. And you know, like, like don't, you know, take it slowly. Just, just do what you've been doing and kind of refine that. And I, and at the time I'm like, I, I didn't know what that meant because, you know, when I started, in my mind, being a, becoming a tour player is getting a big bag and looking perfect. And, you know, like, uh, I'm not afraid yeah. to say it, and I, I see it every day, and I'm sure you do too. Oh um, yeah. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, you got to tee that ball up, get it down the fairway, get it in the hole, and that you do that quicker than anyone else. That kind of defines you as a tour player. So these little things that are like so obvious, but not at the time. Because at the time when I'm making these mistakes, making all these changes and searching, I'm trying to search for the best. I'm trying to do what's best for me. And that's kind of a hard thing to teach and understand. I mean, you see a lot of junior golfers who get really good. Or if I see, you know, I said, hey, what, so what's your secret? And there's a common denominator. They've been doing, they've, they've stuck to a plan. They've been kind of doing similar things, making small changes for a very long time. And they just kind of keep the head down and, and do it for a long time. There's no secret if there's this, like, perfect secret shallowing move that if you learn it, you'll get on tour. I mean, gosh, I'd be the first one there. there. Right, right. It's not there, right? (laughs) Right, right. 
So, you know, it, and it's, it's these little things. It's these little small things. I've, I've had a long period of my, in my career where I couldn't look at my swing on video because it was so disgusting to me personally. And now I look back at some of my old videos where, you know, when I was playing pretty well and I go, yeah, you know, that, that, that worked all day. You know, I mm-hmm. miss, miss a cut for six months. Well, couldn't have been that bad, you know, finishing and had some good finishes and played with a lot of confidence. And so those are, those are the things that really stick out in my mind. And, you know, it's very interesting what I told you about my putting, what Corey Pavin said about my putting, like, Hey, you're dead last in stats. You, you can't make a short putt to save your life. And when you think you're good at something and, um, you can tell me your experience too. When you think you're good at something, you're actually very lenient on yourself. You're not so hard on yourself. When you're not good at something, you'll you'll do something good. Like if you're if you're not good at chipping and we're working on something, you'll hit nine good and you'll hit one bad and you'll yep see there it goes again. Like uh, you know <laughs> there there's that. But when you're good at it, guys who are good at it, they can miss one and it, they just go no that's fine. You're gonna miss. Golf's tough. So it's it's yeah. a perspective. It's like that little perspective that is simple, yet it's so subconscious. It's such a subconscious thing. And yeah. I think I, I think that's a huge lesson. I think one thing I've always noticed, and I, this isn't like a scientific study, but but you know, to me, you go to like heck. I was I went and watched you know some of the SEC championship in Seattle. I had a freshman playing in it past week and you look at like the SEC you go to an ACC you know you go to these major like man and I watched one out in California that was on TV a week ago like man the, the golf swings are phenomenal right yep and then you go and it's like each level you go up you see more quirky golf swings but swings that work for people right and it's like you know you walk across you know you go to you watch major like the top 10 schools in the country seems like every kid out there now has a what what you would call like a perfect golf swing that everybody's putting up on Instagram right but then when you go to the yeah. PGA tour i mean you see the daniel burgers you see some yep. Lucas glover you see some this you see some that right like some jordan speeds like to me and then the one theme through everything you you've been talking about is you kept bringing up little things and I think if that I think that's the area that people that want to get better overlook is I think everybody's looking for a big thing, and like to me, once you can find the face and you can kind of control where it's going, and you know what it's going to do each time, then really your job mechanically is kind of done. It's then it's then it's the little things. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, I, and I think that I think so many. I had a player I, that I taught for eleven, twelve years recently just leave me like from high school all the way to the PGA Tour, like, these people get out there and they get this search where, like, it's got to be something we're missing. And sometimes right. you're not missing anything, I think. Sometimes right. You know, sometimes it's just hard, right? <laughs> yeah, golf's hard, just like anything else. You try to do anything at, you know, the best that you can do it in the world. If you're trying to be the 200th best donut baker in the world, yeah, <laughs> it's going to require a lot of work. You've got to... And there's no secret recipe. Like, you're not going to find that online. And there's yeah. not going to be – and then you, you talk to the famous chefs. I've, I've read a lot of books about, you know, people who are good at their job. And what you'll find is they're like, you know, I, I, I went into this mindless 
this search where I just wrote everything down and I did it for like 12 hours a day for like 12 years. And then, you know, here I am, I have a hundred, hundred stores and I'm really famous. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, as if there's some secrets as this, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like a sick obsession of, wow, you're still sticking to your thing and you're still continuing to like, are you, are you not going to fix that fax link? And it's like, why? You know, right. yeah, it might be not aesthetically perfect, but it gets the ball, you know, hitting the fairways and greens higher than any other PGA Tour player percentage-wise. And, you know, that speaks highly in itself right there. And it's like kind of having the, the mindset and the team and the understanding and like knowing what it takes to develop that mindset. I think that's that's where like someone with experience, like your experience can look at a golf swing and go, yep, that'll work. Now we got to work on practicing what you just did, whatever, yeah. whatever that is, whatever that is, quote unquote, you yeah. know, a hundred percent. And one of my good friends that do a lot of stuff with Dr. Greg Carton always says like, once you get to a point, you don't need to get better. You need to get better at accessing that more often. And I think that's our challenge as coaches to help. But I think, I think that's the challenge as a coach also is that when, not going well and you've missed four cuts in a row and things are spiraling and you're 150 on the money list the art of coaching is to help the person realize they're still on the right track no doubt that's hard sometimes it's it's, hard, it's, right? it's very hard it's very hard and you know i think as a when i started coaching and i and i remember this very vividly when i started and i couldn't get as a coach i couldn't get my point across to the other player I would search really hard trying 25 different things. And what I realized watching a lot of great coaches like yourself, I mean, for me now, less is more. Yeah. Like I have I have the confidence to show up to a tour event and say, yeah, that looks pretty good. And it's kind of like, well, coach, why did I fly you out here? Well, you flew me out here so I could tell you that it's pretty good and it's still good and it, it worked last week and it worked two weeks ago and – you know, it's a lot better than a year before. And that for me to tell you this story again, that's why I'm out here. Don't you think like, I, you know, and I watch a lot of the stuff you put out. I think that the majority of the stuff that is coaches that we do, that's really productive. We do away from a tournament and off weeks, right? You know, I think that obviously we go to tournaments and it's part of the culture. Now being a tour coach, you got to do it. But like really working on stuff and really if you need to change or you need to say, hey, we're going to hit the reset button and go back to what we did, like most of that stuff I think is most effectively done away from a tournament. Absolutely. And and, and it's uh, it's where the amateurs, when I work with amateurs and the higher handicappers, they go from hitting bunker shots really bad for 10 years and then, you know, we, we do a bunker lesson during a clinic four hours long. And they're like hitting great bunker shots and they go, Hey, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow because I, you know, I've got my Saturday morning match and it's like, that, that's the mindset, right? Like yeah. they, they want to do it well right then and there right away in their Saturday morning match where mm -hmm. op opposed to, you know, great tour players, they work really hard for smaller gains and they already set themselves up to win. They they know yeah. it's not going to be perfect right away. They know it's going to take, you know, years. And, that, and that's the hard part, right? Like, how do you – Right. Like, no one wants to do that for years. But, you know, you've been playing golf for years. You've been you've been hitting bad bunker shots for 10 years. I've worked with a lot of guys who've sliced the ball for 
25 years of their life. And they're like, yeah, I just don't want to draw it anymore. They go, I, I do, but I don't because it's too much work and I know what I need to do. And, and I said, you know, like whoever told you anything about your golf swing about like, yeah, you probably need to come more inside with the face shut. They're probably right. I don't love the mental approach of like how you kind of put it in practice and trying to do it that way. But, you know, whatever, whatever they said about, you know, your shoulders and your hips and your club and your path and your arms, I probably agree. I rarely disagree, you know, but it's the approach of like, okay, correct, you know, not getting overly frustrated after one little bad shot and like it's the end of the world and then going up, that doesn't work. You know, like how much, how consistently did you try this? And, you know, I mean, I think those, those are really important things. But I think I, I said this talking to Dana Dahlquist on the podcast and, you know, he was another teacher that's gotten really popular out there, does a hell of a job, does a lot of online stuff. And I was curious, I wanted to hear, you know, what he looks for in a golf swing in a perfect world. And it was, I love that question. But, the, you know, and I, but I also said, like, I think all of us nowadays with technology have access to most of the same information, right? Like, I don't think anybody's sure. figured out some secret. I mean, there's some... You know, there's some maestros and stuff out there that think they got the world. Everybody thinks they got the world solved. But, like, you know, like, I just don't think that. I think everybody's got access to mostly the same information now. And and it's ways of communicating and coaching it. What are the things in the golf swing that, like, if you built, you take a junior and you can kind of mold them, what are the things that you think are important if you had a perfect student? I get them working the ball at a very early age. And that's okay. that's really going against the grain of what everyone wants now it, from my experience. I mean, I, I I do a hundred hundreds of interviews of like, hey, will you coach my child? And, go, well, let's have that. and, you know, what they want and what I want as a coach is like completely different. I want to see them train their eyes. And this is this is for young juniors. You know, I want mm-hmm. I want to see them train their eyes like learn to see that low sh- low cutting shot, learn to see the low draw, learn to see the high cut, learn to, learn to see the spinner and, and like learn to run the ball around the golf course and, and become a little bit more of an artist and organically learn where the club needs to be opposed to perfect grip, perfect setup, perfect backswing. And you try to hit the ball straight and you can hit it. You can do it most of the time, but when you don't know how to do it, when, when it doesn't go well, you have no idea where the ball is going. You have no idea why the ball's drawing three yards instead of cutting. Like that's, you know, I think they're on the search for this perfect, like if they get their position perfectly correct, that the ball will do, go dead straight. And it's actually, you know, it's not really like that. It's kind of like understanding the combination of what and when, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cause like, you know, boiling it down to like teaching junk. Like, I mean, if, if people can learn, to control the path in the face and understand what that does to the ball, however they do it and think about it. I mean, they're going to be able to play the game, right? Because, like, if you could start yep. matching that up and you understand what you've got to, you know, what you've got to do, you know, and I was fortunate taught a school with Bill Harmon, and Billy was talking about how his dad would say, ball's an inanim- inanimate object, so it's not going to move unless that club face hits it, right? Right. So right. you can learn to match that face up, and I, I love that because I think the more instead you teach kids or anybody, really anybody wanting to get better, to get away from being so mechanical but understand what the face and the path have to do to hit different shots, they're going to be 
among other things, they're going to be more self-sufficient also when they're on the golf course. Yeah, definitely. And I th- I think there's this beauty too when I see a young junior and they're pretty good, and I go, okay, what's what what can I help you with? And like, oh well, you know, I I draw the ball too much and I can't hit a cut. And usually the parents will say that. The kids at a young age they don't say that right, unless they've right. been brain unless they've been brainwashed. And I'll go, okay, we'll we'll go on the we'll go on the lesson tee or like we'll go out and play a few holes. Like, all right, like let's, let's see you hit a cut. And they'll aim down the left side and hit this like little cut. And, and I go, well, that's a cut. And the parent will say, well, like they've never learned how to hit a cut. They don't really know how to do it correctly. I go, that's about as correct as it's ever going to get. Yeah. Because, you know, officially they actually know how to hit a cut. They go like, no, 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 you got this wrong. They've never learned this. I go, no, they've learned this. They, you just, they can't explain, like they can't explain when you make a right turn, like how much do you push the brake pedal and how much do you hit the right. accelerator and how many degrees you turn the wheel. They can't explain exactly, but they can make a right turn perfectly. And they can make a left turn too. <laughs> like you, you don't know. I mean, our life depends on it. You can't tell me how many degrees it turns. I mean, in theory, but right. I no, believe 100%. In, in like good golf is kind of understanding the combination of how to make you know, make a right turn. You know, how much do you input the brake? How much do you input? Like, when do you do it? Like what's considered safe? And just taking all of those things into consideration and, you know, making that right. And and not only that, it's like, you know, you travel to a new week, you rent a car, you get a different car and you can, you have the confidence to do that. It's like, yeah, you know, you kind of figure it out. Like understanding that combination is really important to me of like the way I teach golf. Opposed to it's got to be here, 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 and here. Right. And when when you don't learn it correctly and you, like, accidentally don't turn the wheel enough, you're going to hit the curb. You know, you're, you're going to hit the curb, and that's really bad. That's really, really what, bad. What about when a tour player or maybe an aspiring young tour player comes to you, right? I know you get a lot of those. I've seen some, uh-huh. of, the, some of the folks you work with, and I, I get them as well. And they come to you, and they're out of college, and they're – you know, hey, been playing a year or two, and yeah, you know, I hadn't made, I haven't gotten where I'm trying to get to. I feel like I'm lost. I, I need somebody. The one I, oh, we need somebody to get us over the hump, right, or to get right, us to right. another level. Where do you start with that guy? What's your first thoughts? Well, you know, you go out and watch him play, and then you put that up against what they think about their own game, because usually there's a disconnect. I haven't, I haven't found too many like young, good players trying to get over the hump where they spend all their, they spend a lot of time where they need to. Yeah. Opposed to, you know, they think they need to work on this part of their game and they think they're not good at this part of it. And they think they're great at this part of the game. It's like, well, you're actually not that bad at what you think you're bad at. And you're not that good, as good as you think you are at what you're good at. So, Again, you know, you give yourself the most leeway on things you think you're good at. And when that doesn't pan out, when you think you're a great, like, ball striker and you're not gaining a lot of strokes from Peter Green, well, what's what's your strength? Like, how how are you going to lose strokes in putting and still win a golf tournament? Like, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to. Like, you know, and, I mean, that's a simple analogy, but, I mean, I, I think – that's the hardest part because they've ingrained themselves in their mind so long that I'm good at this, bad at this, and this is what I need to work on. I think great players have a very 
they're very correct in their analysis. Their whole team, their coach, their caddy, their you know their mental guy, like everyone's on the same page. They go, "Yep, we need to we need to get we need to make one more putt from a certain distance for four rounds every week this next year." Like that's the goal. Like trying to make one more four footer for a golf tournament, you know, and it's. Mm-hmm. They're very accurate about that, opposed to, no, I, I'm a great putter. I don't miss. You're like, you're ranked 180th in four-footers. You're not a great four-foot putter, <laughs> you know? So it, it's kind of just kind of understanding where you really are. I think it's important, too, is that there's, you know, there's so many ways to do it now, right? There's so many yep. ways to be successful. I always say one of the things I'm most proud of is, you look at the guys I coach, they all swing different and they all have different formulas for success. And I think that, you know, I think that a young player understanding that or anybody trying to get better for that matter is understand that, that you, like you don't have to be Bryce and DeChambeau off the tee to be very successful. You know, I mean, you you don't have to be Jordan Spieth at 20 feet to, right. to be so you've got to, but like your job, my job is to help them with that equation, figure out with what they do, what, sure. where, where do we need to improve the formula to make it add up to a tour card or $2 million or a win or whatever it is. Right, right. And that's really hard to do because of, you know, what's already ingrained in your head. Like if, mm-hmm. you know, if you're rail thin and in your mind you're overweight, then yeah. like the physical part is not a big of an issue. It, it's a big issue, but like the mental imagery part of like what you think of yourself. I mean, you're, you're going to live your life in a way where you think you're overweight, but you're actually like you have malnutrition and, you know, not eating enough. So I think that's, that's a, such a, such a big, big deal. Yeah. How they view themselves and how they view their games. I like that. I think that's, that's some really good insight. Talk for a few minutes here before we wrap it up about short game. You do some amazing short. That's kind of where I started Thank watching you. you a lot. I started really watching some stuff. I know, uh, you know, I know seeing some stuff you've done like with jazz and some of the guys on social media and, uh, it's, it's impressive stuff. Talk a little about your philosophy and your thoughts on short game because I think it's, it's a little different. I mean, I'm not saying it's like it's, earth-shattering different, but it is different yeah. than a lot of people try. Uh, right, and, uh, right. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, a lot of the stuff that I put on social media is for like the 99% of the world. It's definitely <laughs> not for the guy who can already hit the spinner or, you know, who, who has great short game. It's actually for the guy who, you know, can't get out of the bunker. And they already set up. I mean, the things that like really stick out in amateur golfer's mind, if they're not get out of the bunker is, you know, they have this wicked wild setup with the club face super open, they're leaning and, and it's like, just stand up over the ball normal. I don't even know what that means anymore, but you know, let's, yeah. let's start there. Let's start, you know, where you're not, you're not trying to use the bounce. Like what if we didn't use the bounce out of a bunker? Now that's a pretty bad concept, but if you're like throwing the club and you're missing the ball and you're swiping across it and you're hitting six inches behind the ball and then you're swinging so hard because you're hitting so far behind the ball that if you catch the ball that it goes over the green into the yard, like, you know, that's a big thing. Like what's already in your head about like bunker concepts. You know, I teach a lot of concepts of where you need to be. It's it's not so much an exact and, um, you know, a like lot of times, like yeah, 
Yeah, and it's just kind of like, hey, let's start there and, you know, try that for a year. Try that yeah. for a year. You'll you'll hit and I think the the common answer that I hear is like, well, that's not a bunker setup. I go, you know what? Screw the bunker. Let's let's just not let's let's do the setup wrong. Let's not do the bunker setup and let's just hit the ball out every time. Yeah. So, but and then I think that uh, you know, look, the obviously great players use the bounce. Like I think that like a lot of golfers already have a lot of throw club head throwaway. And yep. I mean, them trying to do more of that isn't going to make them a better bunker player or a better chipper in particular, right? And right. there's great but there's also great chippers out there that can use the bounce but also mean get leaned on their left and they you yep. know have some shaft lean mean when you know, eighty percent of the time when they don't need the bounce. Right. Know? Right, right, right. No, absolutely. And and it's kind of like what I'm trying to help people most of the world, most of the golfers in the world, it's how, what's a good starting point. I'm, I'm trying to yeah. help them become, so, you know, I don't think Lucas Glover today started his first day as a child hitting bunker shots exact and hitting like, I mean, he's unbelievable around the greens, hitting shots exactly like that the first day he's ever picked up a club. Yeah. I, he's developed into this, but like his mindset and, you know, there's so many like little things, right? But, if I think if he would have started where he was on YouTube and, you know, his first golf lesson picking up a club is like, you got to do this, this, and this, and then we're going to try this. And, and you get his club way open and it's like, he's just missing the ball all the time. I don't, I don't know if he would be here today. I, I don't know. And I think that YouTube and some of that stuff, I, that's one thing I like is your stuff is applicable to a variety of golfers. Right. And, you know, just putting a bunch of swings out there that are all tour players. I don't know that that helps a bunch of regular golfers, you know. Uh, right, right, right. Because they can't do it, you know. But I think I think helping people understand that there's a lot of different ways to do it is valuable. Yeah, you know? I mean, tight lie into the grain and it's wet. What do you do? I don't know, putt it. I think that's the best way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. James, this is awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Enjoyed the opportunity we've had to talk as we've gotten, I've gotten to see you around and stuff. Let everybody know real quick too, like where they can find you. Cause you got some great stuff out there and it'd be great for any golfer of any level also that wants to come get some help. Yeah. I appreciate it, Tony. Yeah. You can follow me on uh, James O golf on Instagram and uh, James Awesome. James, great stuff. Looking forward to catching up with you soon. Hopefully we find an opportunity to teach some folks together down the road here and, uh, that'd be so and, much and fun. Have, have some fun. Hi, right, buddy. Take All right. Care. Thanks for sitting there with me. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Take care.